Hi, I'm Melissa Lee from California. Hi, and I'm Shelly, North and South Carolina. How are you? So today, good, Shelly. Today, we're going to talk about landscape lighting as we're getting into the spring. This is becoming um, something that is important, and it's important to for people to update and make sure that everything is working properly as people get outside a little bit more. Um, landscape lighting is one of those things that can be sometimes overlooked, but I know on the, in the commercial side, it's one of the most important aspects. And can you talk about why it's so important on the commercial side to include and incorporate landscape lighting into the, the, the main part of the project? Well, the landscape lighting would also envelop like your bollards and, you know, around the surface. It's safety. It's also so you can see the business at night um, and for, yeah, mostly for safety reasons and first impressions on that. So there's a lot of reasons. Egress and all that, they stay on all the time. That makes sense. And I, I think we, we're talking about both spaces, commercial and residential. And I think it's also a safety feature. It's becoming a safety and security feature in residential too, as we evolve in the types of landscape lighting that we're able to offer, that lighting, you know, sure, let the, the lighting industry is able to offer to people. We've had a lot of advances in that as well. It makes it easier to light spaces and um, be able to control the spaces that you like. So we're going to talk a little bit about the types of landscape lighting mm -hmm. that um, people will encounter in both in commercial spaces and in residential. And there are basically three categories. There's um, path lighting, which includes bollards, and we'll talk about that. There's uh, different styles of path lighting, and it, it, it can be anything from something that's very unobtrusive to something that's very commercial and gives out a lot of light. There's also deck lighting. Uh, this is really important for any kind of restaurant or any kind of outdoor space hotels where people gather. It's really important for them um, to be able to see and to be able to see changes in the in the uh, plenums and stairs. Um, and finally is accent lighting. And this is the kind of lighting that we will use, people will use and, and companies will use to highlight trees, shrubbery, um, floral flowers vines and the buildings themselves and can you can layer a building if you're using the the correct accent lighting so there are a lot of different layers that go into it um so you need a mix of these actually to make it work and i'm gonna start with path lighting and we'll talk a little bit about path lighting and the types of materials that um, you usually see in path lighting so path lighting can be any kind of um, aluminum. It can be a solid aluminum. It can be a composite, which is they're sort of impervious to weather. Some of the composites have almost like a marine grade um, durability where they're impervious to weather. Uh, people will also use uh, brass and copper plated brass and cast brass in these designs. Uh, for bollards and for path light. It's very unusual to see cast, it's not usual to see cast aluminum in path lighting and, or in any kind of outdoor lighting um, because because cast aluminum just simply doesn't hold up uh, very well uh, to the elements. And these lights have to be outside and they're uh, enduring weather, different types of weather all year round. Uh, there are different voltages for path lighting for actually all outdoor lighting and um, all landscape lighting. Uh, there's 12 volt and 
120 volt. And there are differences between them. We can get, we can talk about that a little bit, but um, I know that in the residential space, 12 volt is really favorable because you don't have to dig trenches. You don't have to put the, um, the wire in conduit. It's because it's 12 volt, it's, it's I'll, I'll say safer to play with uh, it, it, it for DIY or for a smaller job. And you don't have to bury the, the, uh, the cable so it's not as big of a job. Um, with that said, you don't have as many lamping options and you do have light loss. Uh, you do have a certain amount of light loss in 12 volt, even with LED. I know 120 is different. Can you speak about 120 volt outdoor landscape lighting? Do you have any experience with that? I would say that most of my experience has been more in the pathway type lighting. And that's nice because literally you can do more of a battery backup. Sometimes it's, um, I'm sure you can do that with low voltage too, but you can have that within the bollard or without. Um, and 120 volt actually can get you more wattage. Uh, a lot of times you just need it brighter, depending on if you're grazing up a building. Sometimes you need a lot more light going up um, or also, uh, let's see, I keep saying I'll but that, I mean, a 120 volt is just going to, it's going to vary between 120 volt, 277 volt, but it's mostly going to be because you don't, you're not, you're not, um, I guess, inhibited by a driver or by gauge as much, but also you get more light, more lumens, further um, space, and you can light the space better. Not better, but you're just dealing with larger spaces. Yes. Right, right. And and maybe more light output usually, and then you don't have the light loss, I think, to worry about that you sometimes have in 12 volt. Um it can be less maintenance in some ways, in that way too. Right. And there's there's arguments for both, but um it, you know, for, for less maintenance in 12 volt, and there's also incidents for less maintenance in 120 volt. Depends on the project. And um but we see mostly in residential people using 12 volt, they just use it all the way across the whole system. And we, I see more in commercial 120, um, sometimes they'll use 12 volt if they have to in step and in deck light, sometimes those, what they want only comes in low voltage. So, so sometimes they'll do a mix. Um, the, the second lighting category is, uh, and I'll address this because we just talked about is deck lighting. Um, Something that we, because of linear lighting and linear LED lighting, we've expanded this category greatly. Um, we used to have a long time ago in the lighting industry, we had a, um, a type of light called rope light and everyone used rope light. It was uh, lighting encased in, in uh, kind of a, a plastic and it looked like a rope and you could go long lengths with this and different colors and we didn't really have a replacement for that until we had linear, um, outdoor linear LED. And so we do have, a lot of manufacturers have that now. And it's very helpful for stairs and areas where there's a curvature in the in the design and you can bend this, this, this linear light. Um, that is part of deck lighting. Deck lighting also includes what we would call step lights. So these are small lights that um, have a direction. Sometimes they're multi-directional. Sometimes they look like a brick, uh, a small, a brick or a small brick. They, they have kind of standard sizes. 
they have grills on them, they have louvers on them, so you don't stare directly into them. And then there's deck lighting too on the sides. Um, sometimes they're small and you can light stairs with these type of deck lights. And sometimes they have a hood and they shine down. Sometimes they'll shine out. It depends on the situation and the amount of light that's needed and where the light is needed. Um, and then we also have lights that uh, we have lights that are, that are hung uh, for deck lighting, like track lighting and other lights that, that affix to um, ceiling areas or arboretums and things that can be directional in lighting. I think I've got all the examples, Shelly, am I missing anything with tech lights? No, no, I think that's good. I mean, okay. I've seen a lot of use of tape lighting these days. A lot of, we are using more and more of the encased um, uh, linear tape, what we call tape lighting now that's encased Yes, because it, it is low voltage. Sometimes it's 24 volts, sometimes it's 12 volt, but um, it makes it easier to span a lot of space. And especially when you have a large area and you really, and you need another layer of light, it can't, I think that the, that the, that that lighting, it can't, you can't, you really, it's hard to use on its own for everything, but you can use it as a layer for sure of light that um, can enhance the area and can give you more light to, to seek out different uh, levels of space and stairs. And, you know, if you're having to go from one area of a deck to another, you'll be able to see better if you have a couple of layers and that includes the linear. And then the accent lighting, um, this is the fine, this is, these are the bullet lights. Um, this, this is a hard category because um, it's very hard to know how things are going to grow unless you're an expert. And in the commercial space, I know there are usually the landscape architects. We've talked about um, architects and lighting designers and um, and other types of design professionals to, to figure out that space and how something that's new, maybe a new something that's planted that's new, that's a tree, how is that going to grow over time? And how are you going to adjust your lighting and, and account for possible ads to the lighting as this, as things change in the space, as things grow? And this the, the accent lights are also what we use a lot of times to highlight the buildings too. So these are usually like powerful bullet lights. They have lots of lumens, thousands of lumens of output. Sometimes they have a lot of different lenses on them. Sometimes they have several different wattages on them. So you can change the wattage as the as your foliage grows to accommodate that. Um, but these are the big guns. And these are the ones that I think are the hardest for people to figure out what to use and where to use it and how much light to use and then the materials. So like the other landscape lighting, like like the path lights and also deck lights, um, these come in a variety of materials, including that, um, I'll call it that impervious uh, marine grade composite, also brass, the copper plated brass, cast brass. We see steel, sometimes um, solid steel and other types of aluminum, but we usually, again, don't see cast aluminum for these kinds mm -hmm. of fixtures. Yeah, they just don't work very well they don't have endurance but in in the path light uh i mean in, i'm sorry in the um accent light we also include well lights and these can sit in the ground and they can also be directional they can put out a lot of light and you can also direct them in, you know you can use a shield on them to direct them in 
certain areas so they're not just sticking up and sort of blinding you. In in the accent lighting, we have the, usually people have options for uh, like a hex hexagon louver to cut glare. There are lenses you can put in landscape lighting to change the effect of landscape lighting um, to make it more dramatic or to cut direct light. And one of the things we always worry about with landscape lighting, or I think everybody worries about is, is there some point where a human is going to encounter a, direct, a light directly in their eye? And there's a lot of new designs and a lot of ways to avoid this, but you really need a professional um, when you're, especially in commercial, when you're doing something commercial, because there's there you want to avoid um, people being blinded literally by the light. Light leaks, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've had experience with that ever um, on, on jobs or do your landscape architects and architects on the commercial side take care of that ahead of time? And how does that so I think a lot of things are all taken care of ahead of time. I mean, if we're going to talk about kind of the... I mean, like on the commercial side of it, landscape lighting is such a huge deal. I'm just kind of get like churches. Churches are usually lit in certain ways with the steeple. And then you've got your flagpoles. And, you know, so there's just a lot of things that take place differently in that side. But the residential side is a lot of fun too. I mean, low voltage is great for the reason that if you want to add, you can add to it. I do see a lot of people going 24 volt now because you can go a longer distance without, right. we talk about gauge of wire, that that is the gauge that goes from the driver to the light fixture. So the further that the light fixture is out from the driver, you've got your landscaper or whoever's installing it needs to be aware of what gauge by the distance. And there is a chart for that. Um, most manufacturers have it too. So right. But it's nice because you can start off kind of small on that and then add. Right. You're not really isolated on the low voltage side. You can add to it. And I like it. I think it's really fun at night. Most people will offer this as a mock-up, at least, you know, if this is an existing, an existing project that you're adding to with some type of mock-up is nice. Right, right. And I, I do think that adding on, especially with the advent of LED and you know, in the old days, you had a transformer, we would call it a transformer, and it would be, you know, 300 watts, 900 watts. You would need several of these to accommodate a, a larger home because mm -hmm. you're going to, you would run out of a wattage pretty quickly in the old, with the old style lights where the wattage was, you know, 25 watts, a fixture, pretty soon you'd have six, eight fixtures on there and you were, you were finished. Now, sure. because of LED, the, the use wattage, the input wattage is, you know, a couple of watts, sometimes five watts, sometimes 10, but you really would never exceed maybe like 14 watts ever. And that's a really powerful landscape light that's lighting a building. Um, so it is nice to be able to add on and to be able to um, increase the size of your transformer or driver or account for that at the beginning of the project so that you're able to add on later. Um because it is, it is really important um, to be able to change things and not have it a fixed system where you can't enhance it later on. Because as we know, trees grow, trees fall, the, the building, maybe the material, the building changes, you add a deck, um, you know, it, it happens in residential and commercial, and you need to be able to uh, ac accommodate that and allow for that. And I, I think, too, um, this, on the security side of things and the safety side of things, you mentioned church, and this is um, this is one of the areas where the the 
quality of the light and the quality of the manufacturer becomes really important because you need to work with somebody who has a warranty on their uh, landscape lighting, a warranty on their LED or whatever the, the source of the, of the light is for the landscape lighting. Because if something ever does happen and it's, for example, at a church, it's very difficult in these commercial spaces. There are people who have health challenges and walking challenges and you have to be, they have to be able to see to get into these spaces. And we can, we start there with these commercial spaces. It's a liability if a commercial space doesn't have adequate lighting and somebody falls, for example, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it could be a big problem. It could be a lawsuit. You know, it could be, there could be all kinds of, um, of, of outcomes that are not good for the, the owner of the building. Um, and when that translates into residential, we do want to have security and safety too, because as a homeowner, you don't want somebody falling on the way to your house. You don't want to have your house be a, a space where somebody who wants to, an interloper can get in and be unseen because there's no lighting. So it's, and now that we can use, we can program our lights, we can tell our lights when we get in our car to turn on our landscape lights outside, it becomes even more of a security and a safety feature so that when we arrive home, there's lighting that's on, or when it's dusk comes, there's lighting that's on, you know, automatically. Mm -hmm. And it makes us feel like the home or the space is safer because we can see other things in the space and other people and can see us in the space. And, and that's just a fundamental um, part of the safety and security aspect of this kind of lighting. Um, and in landscape too, there are design differences. Uh, you know, some people like, there, there are go-tos for people. And I know you have uh, very specific feelings about the types of landscape light that you like to use or that you like, that you're drawn to. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? What what kinds you favor? So oh, we were talking about this earlier. Well, first of all, we go back to, I think the landscape lighting is the first impression of any space. So when you're pulling to someone's house, if you think about it, in your subconscious there there's something that makes you notice one house over another and it's not to be the Taj Mahal but just it's lit nicely you know a lot of people will like the holidays different than they will like year-round you know so it's kind of like those things are taken into but um I love the bullet lights I love well lights I think that um in the landscape lighting if there's columns on the front of the house I'd love for there to be the columns to be dramatically lit with a linear lens, not just a spot. These are things that I think about. Um, and, I, and I'd love to light from the trees down um, so that they're not all on there. And that's actually what I have at my house. But you have to take into consideration when you do that, that the tree grows. So we'll get into that in another subject, in another podcast, I know. But these are the type of things that I take in consideration. It's the front door, it's your first impression. You don't have to have the whole house and lit exactly at the same levels. But, you know, I think roof lines are sometimes created on purpose. And it's nice to accent, you know, the roof lines, depending on what type of style it is, you know. So, right, right. So the bullet's my favorite, and then well lights. And then I guess um, for pool and deck areas, tape lighting. I think tape lighting is a great. Uh, a great 
response to anything where it's going to get wet, like a pool area too. Um, I, and I do think that the, like we, like I mentioned earlier, the accent lighting is, is often the hard, the most challenging. Some people like to light below a tree and highlight a tree, especially if it's small. Mm -hmm. I know that there are landscape architects who want to get into the tree and light different dimensions of the same tree. There might be several lights in one tree. If it's a very large, you know, like a hundred foot tree, like what we have in our area, we have these redwood trees that are huge. And if you want to get the scale of that, you, you really, you, it's a, it's a literally a climb up to get in there to light these areas, you know, sufficiently. Uh, but I do think that it is a first impression. And funnily enough, um, our house is, that is the last thing that we're dealing with, uh, is the landscape lighting. It will be dramatic and it will be great, but it, it's the last thing that we're getting to. Um, and sometimes that's the case where you have a house, especially when you have weather that's inhibiting your ability to go out there and lay things out. Um, there's a better times of the year to do it, of course, which, which we're getting into that time of year, which is very exciting. But, um, I also I I also really like uh, the the accent lights. I really like wall lights. Um, I I am very particular about path lighting, and I don't like. We'll talk about this also in another episode. But there are a lot of I see a lot of um, applications where it looks like a landing strip, mm -hmm. and you you don't you really don't want that from any angle for it to look like the plane is coming into land or that. It is the Taj Mahal. And I think it's okay to use, uh, we'll talk about a little bit, um, the different Kelvin temperatures that we find usually in landscape. There are a lot of different options, especially in the commercial space. But now that we have LED, um, usually we stick to that some people, some people opt for 2,700, some opt for 3,000, some opt for like 3,500 or a higher color temperature just to get brightness in some spaces. And it's okay, I think, to mix the, this is one area where color temperature mixture, I think, is okay because there are going to be areas where you don't need as much contrast or definition and you can go to warmer Kelvin temperature where you're just trying to have an effused area versus where you really need contrast on a building. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I think this is one of those areas where it's okay to break the rules a little bit and have maybe different color temperatures in different areas of the of the outdoor space, the space that I don't think I don't think I know enough about that to comment on it really. I mean, I see where there are standard Kelvins used in different places, but so I can't say that I've actually witnessed it and I can see where that would probably come into play. Yes, but I can't say I know enough about it, but I, um, it's interesting that you're saying the grazing because we were talking about always using an expert. And I think it's so true because you were talking about trees earlier, because it's important to know, like you said, the bark of the tree, how the tree grows, if you're going to graze up or graze down on something like that. And then on materials, I do believe in landscape lighting, you can get what you pay for. I think it's super think so. duper important that, you know, if it's something you're changing all the time, maybe that doesn't matter, but if it is a solid, you know, brass and it has a suction to it, because you have to worry about water leaks, if it's right. an inferior product, that's the number one thing you're going to have is that water leak if, it, if the suction's not on there correctly. So when picking it out, I think that sometimes splurging and is not a bad thing on that. I think quality right. is a big deal. 
I agree. Yes. Maintenance issues. Yes, there's a huge failure rate of landscape lights. And I'm going to bring up one more um one more type of landscape light that we didn't mention before, and maybe, maybe for a reason is um solar lighting. And this is something that a lot of the uh, you see a lot online, you see a lot in some of the bigger stores, um, solar landscape lighting. Um it, it is uh it is a thing, but uh you need it's something that has a very high perceived failure rate because if they're not cooperating properly they're usually not a very very we, we I don't know very many high-end or uh, great quality I'm not saying that they're not out there but the ones that you find in any you know kind of big store environment um they don't have the suction. They probably aren't airtight. They probably don't have the best uh, light source so that even in right. solar, you are going to encounter lights that aren't going to work. And if you put them in the wrong place, they're not going to work. And so there's this, it seems like they're all failing because there's not a, a good standard system for um, higher end solar lighting to work. So we, we tend not this is something that we tend not to see in um, in high-end residential homes or commercial spaces where it's important, like where there needs to be light. You can't really- I think, yeah. I think there are a few good solar light companies out there. I don't think they're mass produced yet. That's just my theory. But I think they're best used if you need to add lighting far away from your space, you can put that out there really easily. Um, and then also at the coast, these docks, they can um, sit on the posts of the docks and pull it out there. Of course, they have other lights too, but I'm seeing that used quite a bit because it's almost expendable anyways because of salt. Right. They're not going to, they're not going to have a lot of longevity, I guess, in the end, depending on what the product is made of. And I, I think solar lighting is is interesting and, and we're probably going to talk about it in another podcast later on, but it's something that isn't, you're right. I mean, I, I don't, the ones that are mass produced um, are probably not the ones that we, you would want to trust to be the sole source of lighting in, in a space. Um, but it is something that, you know, as we move towards uh, um, sustainability and awareness, we, people, at, we get, I get asked about about solar lighting, uh, you know, have been asked about it a lot in the past, and it's an interesting topic. I think there are other countries that are using it more frequently than we are. I think so too. I think so too. And maybe there'll be an evolution of it, and it will be something that works in in many cases. But the standards now are are the twelve volt coming, the twenty four volt, especially in the linear, and the one twenty two twenty volt systems that we know we can rely on, we know that we have lamping for. And as we phase out of our traditional halogen lamping and other types of lamping to go into LED, um, you know, we're, we're gonna be just be able to expand on this category because it's a it's a growing category, growing literally and, and also growing in popularity. Um, I think that uh, people dwelling in their spaces over the last few years have been, acutely aware of um, deficiencies, if there are deficiencies out outside the home mm -hmm. or outside the space. And 
And now that things are opening back up again in a major way and people are traveling, they are going to want to change these. Yes. And they're going to want to use these outdoor spaces and they're going to want to make sure that the lighting is, is, is great, adequate, dramatic, whatever, whatever they're trying to attain, they, they want to be able to do that in the outdoor lighting as well as the indoor. So we're going to see a lot more um, of this as time goes on, as the entertaining spaces get, get bigger and more outdoor and we spend more time in our spaces and outdoor and aware of, of the safety, security, and the beauty of landscape lighting in the space. Mm -hmm. So until next time, uh, we are going to have a very esteemed landscape architect joining us on the podcast soon and renowned, world renowned. And, and we're very excited about this. And we have more coming, um, more podcasts coming about all different kinds of things in the future. And if there's anything that you guys want to hear about and you want us to discuss, leave a comment under the link. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into our podcast, Light Waves, a deep dive into all things lighting with a side of design. If we've left you wanting more, please hit the subscribe button or you can follow us on any of your favorite social or podcast platforms. Thanks again.